Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. All right, this story is intriguing to me. You're in a psychology class, and the teacher has informed you that you are stuck in your your development, your spiritual development. Yes, this was probably the core experience uh, spiritually for me uh, because I had to go back and revisit my religion out of that. I was doing a master's in corporate psychology. Mm -hmm. All my classmates were people like uh, the Good Samaritan Hospital CEO. They were all people high in business, you mm-hmm. know. And the teacher came to uh, talk about different uh, models. In this case, the Colbert Moral Developmental Model that some of you have studied, that it has six levels of how children develop morally, how the first two levels talk about uh, if they are pleasing somebody, then mm-hmm. they do good because they please or they right. try to avoid punishment. Mm-hmm. Then on third and fourth level, you decide that there are authorities that know what they're doing and that they put rules and regulations, and you're going to keep them because it's for the good of everybody. And then there's a fifth and sixth level that talks about uh, love, the universal good being the highest authority morally. So how did she determine that you were at level four? It was a this was is a hard experience to relate. I usually get tears in my eyes just talking about it. Um, She asked a question to the class. She said, how many of you, if you were in a Nazi camp and these children are dying and you are hiding all these children inside your car to try to smuggle them out, Mm -hmm. and if the guard stops you at the gate and says, do you have anybody in your car, how many of you would lie uh, to save the children's lives? (laughs) And everybody in the classroom raised their hand. Everybody would lie so that they could get the kids out, except me. You're the only one who said that you would not lie. Yes, I stood up and I said... I would never lie. I keep God's law, and we must tell the truth. And even if all those children get killed, I will not lie. And that's when the teacher said to you. She looked at me with a sadness, and she said, Elizabeth, I'm so sorry that you're stuck on level four. Hmm. Because if in order to keep a law that was given by God in order to give life, you are willing to take away life, hmm. means that you have not understood the God you serve. Wow. Now that that is deep, and that had to be shocking for you. It was you so shocking because I realized. Up in the yes, I realized she was right, <sighs> because and I was. I mean, the whole structure of my life kind of shook that day. Right. Because I said, "Well, what is what is going to prevent from me becoming a liar now?" Because you know, mm-hmm. you say, "Do you like my dress?" And I hate your dress, and I'm going to say, <laughs> "Of course, I love your dress because it's a loving thing to do." Right. I said, "I mean, I, the law was giving me such structure." Um, and I felt safe, and I didn't understand the spirit of the it's law. It's easier when everything seems black and white, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes. And, and, and you don't have to worry about consequences. It's just black and white. This yes, is and it. I, I hated that everybody else had it more clear than I did. Yeah. Everybody else was going to save somebody's life, and I was not going to lie and kill everybody. Wow. You know, and this started a new uh, chapter in my life where I realized not only my very cycle side, but uh, how— True, it was that I was stuck. And for me, whatever the letter said was more important than the spirit. So you were truly what we would call a Pharisee. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had crashed so many people's spirits in in, in that process. And uh, since then, I have given many churches when I preach the Culver Moral Developmental Modern, and I have Mm -hmm. asked them to look at it, and I told them my my experience. And many of them realized that 
in their religion, many times with their children at home in their churches, mm-hmm. they have behaved exactly the same oh, yeah. way. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I don't think that you're the only person who's done that. I've done that. I think we've all been guilty of that. And we're reading a story here today from Mark's gospel, the third chapter, of someone else who was doing this as well. In fact, let's start reading here, verse 1. And he, this is speaking of Jesus, entered again into a synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. And in order that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Rise and come forward. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. All right, right here, we're dealing with this very issue. Which is more important, the letter of the law or this man's hand? You know, it seemed like uh, Jesus made a point to make a lot of healings on the Sabbath. Yeah, he did. The Sabbath was a special day in which God uh, was in community with his people. And uh, healing was not only a good thing to do on the Sabbath, but it was a wonderful way of, of showing how God uh, feels about us and what this day is about. However, at that time, they had very uh, specific rules. I mean, if indeed someone was injured, you could at least save a life. You could stop you know, the bleeding or something, but you could not do anything to heal. Uh, you could not put a salve on or an ointment on in order to help uh, heal someone. Healing on the Sabbath was a wrong thing. Yes, and this is one of the times in which we see Jesus actually angry because he (laughs) asked them, um, verse 4, an actual rhetorical question. I mean, this is an easy question. Is it it lawful to do good or to harm on the Sabbath? I mean, what would you think? (laughs) Well, the answer is obvious. Of course, it's to do good. That is what is lawful. And yet, they were wanting him to withhold good from this man. And so, they didn't even answer the question. Yeah, and they, they kept silent. And, and it says in verse 5, after looking around at them with anger. Wow. Because Jesus is saying, I can't believe you guys. Yeah. You know, it, it, many times he made healings and nobody rejoiced. Yeah. Nobody rejoiced. They just wanted to kill him because he had made a healing on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cared about the fact that this man had had a withered hand and now he was healed. His Nobody suffering, could, yeah. His suffering is relieved. the The other thing that that strikes me about this passage also, it, it, the word you just read, anger, mm-hmm. has been a, an emotion that is so often uh, qualified as a sin, mm-hmm. and yet Scripture does tell us we can be angry and sin not. Yes. And and here Jesus is angry. He's angry because people the injustice are, yes, overall. They are unjust. They are upholding a legalistic requirement, which is really not something that God wanted, and they are willing to waste a life and to uh, promote suffering in order to hold to their legalistic understanding of the Sabbath. Yes, and this brings tears to my eyes, and I have told you in the past that I have apologized publicly to so many people that were treated this way at church. Yes. You know, they were kept outside because they didn't seem to qualify, and people could not enjoy the fact that they were just there, period. Mm -hmm. You know, and here we have this exact situation. It's the Sabbath. They keep silent because they can't say what what they know they're supposed to say. And Jesus says, I'm, <laughs> I am grieved at the hardness of your heart. Wow. And he makes the miracle in front of their eyes on verse 5. He said, uh, and after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. All right, right here, there should have been shouts of hallelujah, praise the Lord. This man's hand is that was withered is now restored. He can work. He has full use of this hand. His suffering is over. His family is blessed. Praise God. And this was done on a day of rest. What a wonderful experience. Yes. And instead of that, 
I mean, this reminds me of, of my, me standing up in the classroom saying I would never heal yeah. on the Sabbath. Yeah. You know, exactly <laughs> that. And, and here, look at verse 6, how this story concludes. The Pharisees went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might destroy him. Destroy him? Why? This is a Sabbath activity for them. Yes. I mean, they won't heal, <laughs> no, but, but you they'll can, talk about killing. That's right. You can talk about destroying a man and his ministry, even though he's doing good. That That's okay to do on the Sabbath, but you cannot heal on the Sabbath. Uh, how terrible. I mean, sometimes we have church boards that look like this. You know, we can't do certain things, but we can talk about how we're going to disfellowship this person or the other person. Yeah. I mean, somewhere along the line, sometimes we have uh, gotten it all wrong. Yes, and you know what? I mean, it's easy for me to point fingers at others, but I have to point that finger at me. Well, that's why I started the story yeah, with I myself, <laughs> because I, I really am guilty you, of this. You were very open and vulnerable there, and I, I want you to know that I've done the same thing, and I repent of that, and I, and I know that God has forgiven me, and I've asked others to forgive me as well for that pharisaical attitude, an attitude that brings death rather than life. But Jesus tells us the true attitude towards the law, and that is, this is a law that brings life, and we are to celebrate that life and to promote life. You know, there is a promise in Jeremiah chapter 31, and you can read all of it between 31 and 34. It talks about the new covenant and, and how the law was going to be written in our hearts by God. The law gives life. The law is given so that we can live uh, happier lives for ourselves and others for, uh, for the glory of God. But God makes a commitment on verse 33 that this law will be written in our hearts so that we may understand the spirit mm-hmm. of the law. You want to read it? But this is the covenant with which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it and I will be their God and they will be my people. That is the covenantal phrase there. I will be their God, they will be my people. But the law is written in your heart. You know, uh, my relationship with my wife, there are laws that exist there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thou shalt have no other girlfriends before me. I've, <laughs> I've shared with you that before. But this is not a law that is odious for me to keep because it's on my heart. I love her and I long to do that. It is a law that brings life to our relationship. Yes. See, in, in this case, in the Sabbath or any other commandment, God says, look, sometimes you have missed what this was all about. Mm-hmm. Doing good, bringing happiness to other people, loving them, uh, promoting life. You know, and I was so challenged in this. And, and my life changed from that day forward. I mean, I went through three weeks of grieving mm-hmm. because I realized how confused right. I, I had been all those years and how many people I had killed with my words hmm. uh, because I said, you are not supposed to do this now and you have to get out of here, et cetera, et cetera. When God was asking me to understand what was the spirit of the law. You look at Jesus' dealings with people and even those who were in the midst of sin, caught in the act. His dealings with them was were dealings of graciousness and love and openness. He didn't condone the wrong act, but he said, I'm here to bring life and forgiveness and healing to you. And that's what he does today. And if you ha- are one of those people that have been hurt, come to Jesus. He will never treat you that way. He will open up to you and heal you. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.